Live from the fish tank, it is your host Ronnie Beck with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast that a uh, shockingly, shockingly low number of you will actually listen to. Yep, still salty about my listens compared to Spencer's, so uh, you're going to hear about it. Well, not like for a long time, just that's that's it, that's, that's all we're going to hear about it. Uh, we have another episode of No Guests today, just felt like want to get through another uh, position group power ranking for baseball first base this time, following Barry's suggestion, just kind of work around the diamond there. Um, get that done it's at the start of a long week for a long matchup, I should say, for baseball, and in the middle of a long matchup for WNBA. And uh, I'll reach out to, to someone here for a guest within the next couple weeks. I think next week, we're going to have a hockey draft review. I'm recording this before the draft is finished, so I don't want to uh, do a full review yet. I'll, I'll get a guest on for that, I hope, and that way you don't have to listen to just me talking. Uh, and that'll be next week's uh, featured um, segment, so to speak. So without further ado, let's uh, get on into baseball, shall we? All right, the only trades we had were involving hockey draft picks so those will not be talked about i'll uh, choose to talk about those next week on the the actual draft review but for records we did have a few records this week for uh for baseball alex came uh one trevor story double i think away from tying first on the homer leaderboard so he'll have to settle for second place for home runs in a single week uh chris set a record for the second worst rbi total in a week uh yours truly set a record for second most stolen bases in a week and tom getting back on his bad pitching monopoly with the third worst whip in a single week first match up here sees barry beat chris nine to two to one no folks you heard that correctly chris got his ass beat again by a team below whom the standings the apes have been just absolutely pathetic uh these these last few weeks uh barry led by three save holds from bruised dark ratterall six innings 12 k's a quality start zero era point six seven whip and a six k walk for spencer strider six innings eight k's a quality start a one five era point eight three whip and a four k walk for shane mcclanahan eight innings only two strikeouts but a quality start and a point six three whip from jose urquidy Six innings, 11K is a quality start, a .83 whip, and an 11K walk from Josiah Gray. Offensively speaking, four runs, two homers, six ribbies, batting 421, Alex Kirillov. Jordan Alvarez, eight runs, three homers, and four ribbies. Uh, six runs, six ribbies, and a 435 average from Benintendi. Two steals from McMahon. On Chris's side, he got three Zavolds each from Scott and Lopez in the Orioles' bullpen. Tony Gonsolin showed up with seven innings, three Ks, quality start, a 257 ERA, 0.57 whip, and an infinite K walk. Uh, 14 innings, eight Ks, two quality starts, a 129 ERA, and a 107 whip from Johnny Cueto, of all people. Uh, six innings, 11 Ks, quality start, a 15 ERA, 0.83 whip, and a 55 K walk from Blake Snell. And then offensively, only two steals from Dansby Swanson. Uh, we had Nutt take down Nathan in one of the other permutations of the the three uh, Pennsylvania boys. 
Uh, we got six runs, two homers, five ribbies for Bregman. Six runs, two homers, four ribbies. But 500 with a 1442 OPS from Juan Soto, really heating up. 500 average and a 1450 OPS from Gavin Lux. Uh, six runs, four homers, nine ribbies, batting 500 with a 1601 OPS from Kyle Seeger. Six innings, five Ks, quality start, a zero ERA, a .5 whip, and an infinite K walk from Corey Kluber. Six innings, six Ks, quality start, one five ERA, .83 whip from Robbie Ray. Twelve innings, nine Ks, and a quality start from Madison Bumgarner. On Nathan's side, Bertie and Belly both stole two bases. Josh Donaldson with five runs, three homers, ten ribbies, and a steal. Uh, Merrill Kelly going six and a third, six Ks, quality start, a two eight four ERA, and a .79 whip. Gibson going seven innings, five Ks, a quality start, a zero ERA, .29 whip, infinite K walk, and denial of access into Canada. Uh, and then lastly, Reed Detmers with six innings, seven Ks, quality start, zero ERA, .5 whip, and a seven K walk. We had Ping take down Paolo, seven to five in a close one. Ping with eight innings, four Ks, quality start, a one one three ERA, .5 whip, infinite K walk from Cole Irvin, six and a third, a quality start, a two eight four ERA. 0.95 whip, infinite K walk for Chris Bassett. Six innings, six Ks, quality start, 1.5 ERA, 0.83 whip, six K walk for Jose Barrios. Three save holds for Bednar. Six and two thirds innings, three Ks, quality start, a 1.35 ERA, 0.75 whip for Spencer Watkins. Good waiver claim there on uh, Ping's part. Seven innings, 10 Ks, quality start, zero ERA, 0.71 whip from Shohei Otani. And then two steals. From Teoscar Hernandez. On Paolo's side, six innings, three Ks, quality start, zero ERA, point six seven whip, infinite K walk for Severino. Seven innings, six Ks, quality start, a one two nine ERA, point eight six whip, infinite K walk for Aaron Savali. Uh, six runs, three homers, eight ribbies for Nimmo. Two steals for Patrick Wisdom. Seven runs, two homers, six RBI for Luis Robert. And a four thirty five average for Glaber Torres. Uh, we had Mike take down Keith 10 to 2 in a pretty big beatdown. Five runs, two homers, eight ribbies, and a steal for Brandon Jury. Five runs, three homers, six ribbies for Mookie Betts. Five runs, two homers, six ribbies, and a steal for Marcus Semyon. Three runs, two homers, five ribbies, betting 429, the 1240 OPS from Nick Senzel. Six innings, 8K is a quality start, a 1 5 ERA from Justin Verlander. Uh, six and two-thirds innings, 8K is quality start, zero ERA, 105 whip from Chris Flexen. Seven innings, 8K is quality start, a 129 ERA, 0.71 whip, and an 8K walk for Luis Castillo. 13 innings, 16Ks, two quality starts, 208 ERA, 0.69 whip, 8K walk for Taiwan Walker. On Keefe's side, four runs, three homers, six ribbies from Wilmer Flores, two steals from Espinal. Three runs, three homers, six ribbies from Melendez, six runs a homer, and six ribbies from Mullins. In eight innings, 10K is a quality start, zero ERA, 0.25 whip, and an infinite K walk for Sandy Alcantara, who is really establishing himself as having the single best pitching season of this season so far. He's been incredible. Uh, very good volume, too, which has been key here. He's routinely going seven, eight innings. Uh, the penultimate matchup, Alex taking down Josh 9-3 as we see the uh, first place in the standings really uh, being able to, to show blood. He can bleed. That's a, that's a welcome sign for the other 11 of us. Sorry, Josh. 
Anyways, Alex with six innings, eight Ks, quality start, a one five ERA, and a one whip from Dylan Cease. Seven innings, six Ks, quality start, a one two nine ERA, point seven one whip from you Darvish. Six innings, eleven Ks, quality start, zero ERA, point three three whip, and an infinite K walk from Max Scherzer. Six innings, four Ks, quality start, zero ERA, one whip, and a four K walk from Max. I am so much better than Ian Anderson Freed. Uh, seven innings, five Ks, quality start, a zero ERA, point eight six whip, and a five K walk from Zach Wheeler. Seven innings, four Ks, quality start, and a one two nine ERA from Corbin. Six and third, ten Ks, quality start, a one four two ERA, a one 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 whip, and a five K walk from Sandoval. Six innings, four Ks, quality start, and a zero ERA from Tristan McKenzie. Okay, on to Alex's offense. Seven it, uh, seven runs, five homers, six ribbies, and a one four. OO OPS from Kyle Schwarber. Five runs, two homers, six ribbies for Eugenio Suarez. Six runs, three homers, eight ribbies, a 448 average, and a 1346 OPS from Austin Riley. Six runs, three homers, six ribbies for Trevor Story. Four runs, three homers, four ribbies from Francisco Lindor. On Josh's side, 11 innings, 16 Ks, quality start to 245, ERA, one whip, and a 533 K walk from Eric Lauer. Eight innings, three Ks. Quality start to two two five ERA point seven five whip from Framber Valdez. Seven innings, seven Ks. Quality start two five seven ERA and a one whip from Charlie Morton. Eight uh, innings, two Ks. Quality start a one one three ERA point eight eight whip from Logan Webb and two steals from Paul Goldschmidt. And lastly, yours truly back in the win column with a seven to five victory over Tom. Six innings, seven Ks. Quality start at a one one seven whip and a seven K walk from Tarek Skubal. 11 innings, 7 Ks, quality start, a 2.45 ERA from Kyle Wright. 7 and 2 thirds, 10 Ks, quality start, a 1.17 ERA, 0.65 whip, and an infinite K walk from Clayton Kershaw. 14 innings, 19 strikeouts, quality start, 0.86 whip, and a 4.75 K walk from Carlos Rodon, all star. 7 innings, 6 Ks, quality start, 0 ERA, and a 0.71 whip for Joe Musgrove. 9 innings, 3 Ks, quality start to 2 ERA, a .56 whip, and an infinite K walk from Adam Wainwright. 7 innings, 10 Ks, quality start, a 0 ERA, a .57 whip, and a 10 K walk from Corbin Burns. 7 runs, a ribby, and 4 steals, batting 414 for Jonathan Scope. Justin Turner batting 478 on the week. Michael Harris is second with 6 runs, 2 homers, 5 ribbies, and 3 steals. And then six runs, a homer, eight ribbies, two steals, batting 478 with a 1365 OPS from Josh Rojas. On Tom's side, I'm going to break my habit here of not talking about pitchers who did not at least qualify for a quality start. But five and two thirds, eight Ks, a zero ERA, and a .53 whip with an eight K walk for Heek and Thompson was good enough. And let's be honest, Tom didn't have a good pitching week. So if I'm going to get anything in there for him, it, it had to be Thompson. Uh, four runs, two homers, seven rubies from Javi Baez. Four runs, two homers, five rubies, batting 455 with a 1338 OPS from Matt Carpenter. Two steals from Acuna. Six runs, four homers, five rubies, batting 346 with a 1337 OPS from Chris Bryant. Alec Bohm, three runs, two homers, six rubies, batting 375. And Polanco with seven runs, three homers, and six rubies. All right, looking at the categories for the week, uh, it's going to be a lot of Alex. He had 59 runs, he had 26 homers, and he had 61 RBI. Ronnie with 12 steals, not batting 2966. Tom with an 8797 OPS. Ronnie with 86 Ks. Alex and Mike splitting quality starts with 8. 
Ronnie with a 2.842 ERA, Barry, 0.908 whip, Barry, 5.083 K walk, and Chris with 10 say holds. Alex's players of the week, Corey Seeger for nut as the bat, Taiwan Walker for Mike as the starter, Bruce Dar Garaderall for Barry as the reliever. Barry's top five of the week, Aaron Hicks for Alex. Uh, who I believe Alex probably picked up on, I think, on like Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> uh, Corey Seeger for not Josh Rojas for Ronnie, Austin Riley, and Kyle Schwarber, both of Alex. Starting pitchers, Sandy Alcantara who for Keith, who he didn't play for his second start of the week. Whoops. Taiwan Walker for Mike, Alex Wood for not Carlos Rodon for Ronnie, Cole Irvin for Ping. And relievers, Bruce Dog or Adderall for Barry, Jorge Lopez, Chris, David Bednar, Ping, Paul Seawall, Josh, Liam Hendricks for Nutt. Taking a look now at the standings. Not a ton of movement, although the gap between a few of us and Josh uh, shrunk. Uh, we have got Josh still out in first place, though. But he is only six and a half games up on Mike now in second place. Alex in third is 11 games back. Ping in fourth is 17 games back. Ronnie in fifth is 19 games back. And Nut moving into a playoff spot is 30 games back. Chris has fallen down to seventh. Paolo in eighth, Barry in ninth, Nathan in tenth, Tom in eleventh, and Keith in twelfth. Taking a look at the matchups for this extended week, this match will matchup will period will go this full week and then the partial week next week after the All Star break. Uh, we have ninth place Gunthorpe and fifth place Walleye, second place Valley Jobin and first place the Whale, third place Frostbite and the eighth place Finding Nemo, twelfth place the Queens. Uh, Dubious, I don't know, I can't, it's too long to show up on the, on the scoreboard here, versus 6th uh, place, Notorious NUT, 4th place, Alabama, and 7th place, Damn Dirty Apes, 10th place, Regulators, 11th place, Flamingo. And since this will be such a short episode, we don't have WNBA for a couple minutes of filler there, and we're going to go into a 1st place first base position group power ranking here but first i want to take this chance to let you all listen to me congratulate myself for matt brash and akil badu both being called up here uh it's it's a great feeling feeling vindicated that holding on to these guys while they were sent down will be worth it and these guys are going to be fantastic and you'll hear a lot about them for as long as they are in the majors which hopefully is for a very long time all right, on to this power ranking now. We have first base. This is one where there's definitely a lot more haves and have-nots as opposed to catcher where there was kind of like some haves and some have slightly less thans. And we'll start from the bottom, of course. The bottom is a tier of two, and I promise I'm not trying to pick on Barry, but Barry will catch up the rear here. His first base options are Kesson Hira, Alex Kirilov, and Edwin Rios. Uh, by the player rater, Kesson Hira has been the best one, which is not a good sign, considering how he's essentially a platoon bat now. He's actually doing a little better than I anticipated uh, since Barry acquired him, but I still don't necessarily like his outlook long term, at least not uh, returning to his, his uh, rookie season numbers. And I do think, I, I try to keep the contracts out of this. I try to focus on the player and their long-term value. And because the, the contract values can really change the way the rankings here. And 
in, in theory, could make a lesser player more valuable than a better player, depending on their production per, you know, Martin Bucks. But, yeah, just the only reason why Barry is last in this tier and not above, or not in 11th, is just I don't really see a guy here. I just, I love long-term. Kirillov is fine. I think he'll be pretty decent. But when we go up to Nathan here, who... His only major league uh, player with first base eligibility is Brandon Bolt, who is a negative on the player radar so far. Not great, but he does have Prado. Uh, Paredes, I believe, is like one game away from hitting the eligibility for next year for first base. He does also have Heriberto Hernandez, who I believe uh, will play some first base. I think he might be more of an outfielder in the minors, though, but I know there's enough talk about him with a first base to potentially mention him here and essentially it boils down to who would rather have Kirillov and Hira or Prado and Paredes and I just it's a slight edge for Prado and Paredes but there's a reason why they're in the same tier here uh, the tier above not a ton better but a little bit uh, we are going to have Keefe at 10 here uh, major leaguers Pasquantino, Wilmer Flores, Rowdy Tellez, Pavin Smith, Connor Joe, Eric Hosmer uh, Pavin Smith, I believe, just got demoted and then got hit by a pitch, I believe, and he's now out for a few weeks, so that's unfortunate. Uh, Keefe's uh, top ones here, Rowdy Tellez with a 5-3-5 on the player rider, Wilmer Flores with a 5-2-3, Connor Joe with a 4-3-2, and Eric Hosmer with a 2-4-4. Uh, outside of Tellez, none of these guys are primary first basemen, so I don't know how many of them will actually maintain uh, that eligibility next year, but Pasquantino might be decent. Uh, we'll see, but Prado likely has that job long-term. But the main reason I'm going to have Keefe here is he does have Tristan Cassis, and yes, uh, you are going to hear me praise a Boston Red Sox. Cassis uh, is obviously one of the better first-base prospects in baseball. And then uh, we're going to have another Tyler Soderstrom conversation. You can probably pigeonhole a lot of catchers into this conversation for uh, will they end up at first base partially, because that's like the, the common uh, transition there. Uh, you catch for a little bit, and if you're not good enough or if your body just doesn't hold up, you just go to first base. And if Soderstrom ends up at first base, he's a really good bat, and I like a Cassis-Soderstrom duo. And I guess you can throw Pasquantino in there, too, if you want, more than Nathan or Barry. Uh, just ahead of him, we're going to have Ping. Uh, at eligibility for first base, he has Mancini at a 4-8-3. JT Muto has it at 4-6-5. Uh, Juan Yepes with a 2-6, and Yuli Gurriel with a 106. Gurriel probably uh, at the uh, near the end of his career, at least in the majors, he's been pretty bad this year. Uh, we'll see if he can bounce back, but I wouldn't exactly bank on it at his age. Uh, will Rio Muto even keep it? I don't even know if Rio Muto will, will keep first base, especially now that there's a DH in the National League. We do have Trey Mancini, and you do have Juan Yepes. Uh, Yepes has been pretty good as a rookie so far. Not quite Michael Harris good, but he's been pretty good. And then Mancini, obviously, probably the, the big name there. So I like I like a Mancini-Yepes uh, duo going forward. Uh, for the first time in a while, I'm going to have myself not uh, near the top or at the top. I'm going to have myself also in tier, tier 5. There's six total tiers. I'm in tier 5. Uh, with Crone, Scope, Cronenworth, Votto, and Walker. No prospects. 
uh, playing for likely to play first base. CJ Crone leading my way with a 12.51 on the play rater. Christian Walker with a 503. Uh, Crone with a 347. Fado and Scope both in the negatives. Uh, main reason why I'm here is I don't really see a, a real long term outlook for me. But for the present, like Crone is by far the best first baseman we've talked about so far, at least production wise. You know, he's a superstar after all. Uh, and then Christian Walker has been pretty solid. I He is definitely going to be an extension candidate for me, depending on how the rest of the season finishes, but a lot of good underlying numbers, and he hits a ton of homers, so I like that. Uh, Scope and Cronenworth likely to lose the eligibility, but Joey Votto here, I have him for two more years after this. Uh, is he washed, or is this going to be one of those things where he just kind of turns it around in the second half again and makes you forget about the slow start? Uh, the longer this goes on, the less likely I am, the less inclined I am to believe that. But the power of CJ Crone and Christian Walker is going to have me just slightly above those other two teams here in this tier. Uh, tier four is a tier of one, and it's going to be Tom, Jesus Aguilar, Ryan Mountcastle, and Chris Bryant as the eligibility, which kind of surprised me, to be honest. I don't think he'll have that because Colorado currently has a, a superstar. Uh, at the first base position. And then prospect-wise, I have Joey Bart with a question mark because is he going to end up at first base? Is he a catcher long-term? They have Patrick Bailey. Is Patrick Bailey even going to make it to the majors? Uh, I guess we'll find out. But Ryan Mountcastle uh, so far, I really like Ryan Mountcastle a lot. Um, He was a guy that I had, pretty much I picked him for Tom in the startup draft when I was still his co-owner. That was, I think, my second maybe my third prospect pick for Tom because I, I know I was instrumental in bringing Corbin Carroll and Ronnie Mauricio to uh, to Vegas before I acquired them in trades I was unsuccessful in bringing Ryan Mountcastle back with me when I got my own team uh, to Tom's benefit of course but Mountcastle's been really good this year and I really really like his outlook as a uh, a decent average, 270-280 hitter, 30-plus uh, homers. And if Baltimore can put some bats in the lineup, I could see him having some pretty good uh, run production numbers too. So he'll be the uh, the main reason Tom is here because he's a, a major league proven uh, and young first base option, the, the first one we've truly seen. So far, I would put him a little bit above Mancini, especially since we'll, I don't even know if Mancini will be a first baseman long-term. because I feel like he plays a lot of outfield, too. I could be wrong on that, though, but I know he does have outfield eligibility as well. And for uh, th- uh, statistical reasons, uh, Mountcastle with a 7.88 on the player rater. Aguilar with a 2.71. Uh, the next tier is a tier of 2 here in Tier 3. I will have Paolo as my sixth team here he's got uh rizzo wisdom lemayhu uh profar and torkelson uh torkelson doing the heavy lifting here as a, a former top prospect he you know obviously graduated this year i'm gonna have paulo probably maybe a bit lower with torkelson than might people might expect and i hate to ding torkelson because we're you know halfway through a rookie year but like Kitten, where he's hitting right now, we're talking like an OPS plus in like the low 70s, a batting average below, below I think, 180. 
Like, I'm not worried about him long term, but I think you'd have to be lying to yourself if you didn't see this and, like, slightly lower your expectations. But he does have Anthony Rizzo long term. Uh, Patrick Wisdom looks like he can keep the strikeout numbers slightly uh, digestible so you can you can deal with with that because you know he's gonna hit enough homers uh profar seems like he's like kind of getting it maybe a little bit and then the mayhew is just gonna be quietly decent except for fielding fly balls asshole um so he'll he'll end up with first base because he just plays all over the diamond and as long as he's in a good lineup he'll get some runs he'll get some rbis uh, Rizzo with a 9.79 in the play rater. Wisdom with a 7.28. LeMahieu with a 6.09. And Profar with a 4.86. A little higher than I would have expected for Profar, to be honest. Uh, the last team in Tier 3 is Nut. Fifth place. Matt Olson, Owen Miller, Yandy Diaz, Hunter Dozier, Lourdes Gurriel has first base somehow, and Josh Bell. Uh, Nut is going to be here with the duo of Olson and Bell, mainly. Uh, Olsen being young enough and productive enough to put him over Torkelson and Rizzo. And then I, I just think Bell is also kind of young enough. And I I generally believe in Bell's long-term outlook, especially if he can get traded to a better team here at some point. He's a pretty decent hitter. He's got some pop. As far as first baseman goes, you could do a lot worse for your second first baseman. Uh, Bell actually leading uh, Nuts roster of first baseman in terms of play rater with a 9-4-3. Olsen with a 6-3-2. Gurriel with a 5-3-2. Dozier a 4-3-3. Diaz a 4-0-4. It's honestly higher than I would have thought Diaz would be, to be honest. But Yeah, so Olsen and Bell. We'll just put them above Torque and Rizzo. Just because I think Rizzo's a bit on the older side and obviously Torque not quite proven yet although i do believe he will be a, a long-term very good player maybe even a star in the league all right tier two now where you're gonna have josh and yes josh does have paul goldschmidt first base with number one on their play rater and he's in fourth he's in fourth uh goldschmidt has an 18.22 he also has luke voigt and eduardo escobar and no prospects and that's going to be the main reason why Josh is here, because I am trying to make this more of a dynasty outlook, and Paul Goldschmidt is, let me check this, I believe he is, what, like 32, 33 maybe, he's been up for a while, 34, he'll be 35 before this year ends, so that's the main reason why, he's the most productive in the game right now, but will he be in three years, I don't really know, and I don't really see Luke Voigt or Eduardo Escobar uh, really filling those shoes as Goldschmidt ages out of that role. Uh, the third team here at the top of Tier 2 is going to be Chris. He has Alonso, Biggio has first base, Jared Walsh, Naylor, Ty France, and Miguel Sano. And then finally, after a long run of no pro- teams with no prospects at first base, Chris has Andrew Vaughn, Bobby Dolbeck, Aaron Sabado, and Seth Beer. Uh, player rate score is Alonso with a 12.38, almost as good as Crone, not quite, but almost. Uh, France with a 7-3-9, Naylor with a 5-4-1, and uh, Walsh with a 3-6-7. Alonso, one of the best dynasty first basemen in the game. I would... And you you could have him top three, and I don't think I would quite uh, take umbrage with that. He's up there with Vlad. Uh, 
I don't know if you can quite put Freeman in the discussion. Torkelson has to be there. And I think Alonso probably would be my third. If you're looking like very, very long term. But I once again I I'd, it'd be hard to not put Freeman in there though. So I don't wanna I kinda wanna walk that back a little bit. So regardless, there's an argument to be made that Olsen is top three on his own. And then you throw in to be honest, I'm not really super high on the rest of his major league options. Ty France has been pretty good this year. I don't really necessarily believe in him as a long-term star, but he can be a productive player. But I do really like Andrew Vaughn. That dude is a hitter. And uh, the White Sox have a guy at first base already, but he's getting kind of old. And we'll get to him here in, in, a, in a bit. But there's a long-term hole that Andrew Vaughn can likely fill for the White Sox. And I think if you have Alonso and Andrew Vaughn, especially if Bobby Dahlbeck can do anything, I mean, though that's that's a really good, a really, really good first base duo. Uh, moving on up to Tier 1. The last team in Tier 1, it will be the second place team overall. It's going to be Mike, Vlad Jr., Arias, Reese Hoskins, Nate Lowe, Stevenson, Hall in Schwindel with Luan Diaz and Juan Miranda in the uh, uh, farm system. Arias with a 905, Vlad with a 901, Hoskins with a 7.1, Lowe with a 5.73, Stevenson with a 4.22. Don't really like the prospect options here in Luan Diaz and Miranda. Well, Miranda's pretty good, but like, We'll see if he uh, is, like, a, a, a true impact major leaguer long-term. I'm probably selling him short by the way I'm describing him, but I think he'll be pretty... I think he'll end up being pretty decent, but will he be a fantasy star is more or less what I'm trying to get at. But you have Vlad Jr. I think you can probably comfortably call him the best uh, dynasty first baseman. I mean, Luis Arias is hitting for an incredibly high average, and that'll be a very, very good skill to have in a league where batting average seems to just not be uh, primed to tick up anytime soon. Uh, Reese Hoskins has been pretty good since he left the walleye. Uh, A lot of solo homers. A lot of solo homers. Uh, Nate Lowe has actually been pretty solid. He looks like he's finding some form. And Tyler Stevenson, of course, has catcher and first base. And as Joey Votto ages out, will Stevenson take over first? Will the Reds actually end up with another catcher? I guess we'll have to see about that. But, I mean, when you have Vlad Jr. as your top guy and you can supplement him with Arise and Hoskins, it's uh, it's pretty good. But I'm going to have to have Alex in first, mainly on the strength of uh, Freddie Freeman. But it does have Austin Riley, Max Muncy, Jose Abreu, the aforementioned White Sox. Uh, Kyle Schwarber has it. Garrett Cooper and Harold Ramirez with Evan White in the minors. I think we can comfortably say at this point that Evan White is a non-factor, but he is technically still on Alex's team. Uh, player Raider scores. Uh, Riley with the 12.66, but I don't really know if he'll get a lot of first base reps. I mean, he might end there might end up there enough to keep the eligibility for some years. Uh, Freddie Freeman with a 12.53, uh, Schwarber with an 11.49, Abreu with a 7.76, Cooper with a 5.55, Ramirez with a 5.49, and Muncie and then well in the negative, though. But I know I kind of mentioned Freeman not being the top guy, but he is, you know, on the wrong side of 30. Uh, questions about his power? 
And will he actually be able to hit, you know, 25, even 25 homers on a regular basis? But that Dodger lineup with that quality of hitter, he's going to be very valuable for a few years yet. And if Austin Riley can keep first base eligibility, you do have Matt Olson there, though. That's not a uh, positive sign for that long term. See about that. Jose Abreu, also old, but he's still productive enough. And if Jose Abreu is, uh, at least by the player writer, Alex's fourth best player with first base eligibility, that's really good. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, I, another player who I don't think will maintain first base long term. You got Hoskins there, and I just don't really see, barring injury, of course, and Hoskins hasn't exactly been incredibly durable. He has missed some time. Uh, I think you might end up seeing... Perhaps Schwarber might end up there a little bit. Uh, Garrett Cooper is just a quality hitter. Former Yankee. Uh, I don't know how many people would remember that, but he was a Yankee in, oh, geez, I think it was 2017, maybe 2016. Like, before Luke Voigt, like, Garrett Cooper was there for, like, a couple weeks. Uh, And then Harold Ramirez is, I don't know, I don't see Alex keeping him around long term. He doesn't hit the ball for power, really. Decent exit velos, but he's kind of like a Yandy Diaz type where all that exit velo is like line drives or ground balls. But, yeah, so this pretty much this, the, the Freddie Freeman, the Jose Abreu, and if some of those other guys can keep first base, I'm going to have to have Alex there. But he is in a tier with Mike, and if you want to have Mike over him, I, I can't blame you. But that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's Alex and Mike in tier one. Chris and Josh in Tier 2, Nut and Paolo in Tier 3, Tom alone in Tier 4, Ronnie, Ping, and Keith in Tier 5, Nathan and Barry in Tier 6. All right, and I think that'll uh, wrap everything up. I believe I covered everything I wanted to here on this episode. We got baseball talk. We got the position power rankings. And I think we can uh, officially sign off now, and I will catch you all next time.